welcome to I'm In Here, a space all about spirituality, healing, and awakening for Black women, inclusive of women of trans experience, as well as gender non-conforming and non-binary people of color. Here, I share tools and skills that have helped me along my spiritual and personal journey, and hopefully you will find some value in the information for your own journey to grow, heal, and align with your higher self. My name is Kendall, and I thank you for joining me. We're continuing our discussion of the chakras, and we are now at the fourth chakra. This is a very popular chakra. A lot of people really focus on this one. It is the anchor that holds all the other chakras together. What am I talking about? Drum roll, please. It is the heart chakra, or as it is known in Sanskrit, the Anahata chakra. Now, because it is called the heart chakra, you may be thinking to yourself, is this the one that has to deal with love? And yes, you'd be correct. This is the chakra that deals with love. And the reason why I say that this is the anchor for the other chakras is because love is the most powerful energy in the universe. Love is really the driving force for all of the other chakras. It is the the engine for the other chakras because if there isn't an easy flow of love, anything else you're going to do in life is going to pose a challenge. Now, you may be saying to yourself, well, I have a lot of love or I feel love and I still have challenges. Well, there may be some pockets in some areas in your life where that easy flow of energy, that easy flow of loving energy isn't as easy as you may think. So we'll talk about this chakra. We'll go some more in depth about love, um, what imbalance and imbalance heart chakra will look like. And of course, we'll have questions and answers. All right. So let's kick it off. The heart or Anahata chakra sits at the center of our chest. And this is the chakra. So up until this point, the first three chakras that we've been talking about, the first one, the root, the second, the sacral, the third, the solar plexus, all deal with earthly things. So if you remember, if you listen to the other episodes uh, about the chakras, the root is all about safety, survival, security. The sacral is all about sensuality, sexuality, creativity. The solar plexus deals with power, confidence. And so these are all things that are like in our earthly realm in this dimension dealing with our physical bodies. As we start to transition up into the higher chakras, the heart acts as kind of the bridge. Because in order for us to really be able to tap into those celestial, ethereal energies that are the throat, third eye, and the crown, we have to be rooted in love. Love is the most powerful energy in the universe. So if that is that if that is so, and if and I truly believe that, then in order for you to be able to really open up all of your energy body, all of it, and have just a free flow of energy, no, no dis-ease in flow. And we need to be really rooted in love. So what does a healthy, balanced heart chakra look like? What are some of the signs? What does it feel like? Well, it's an easy or I'd say open uh, channel of, of love. There's no restrictions. There's no blockages. 
you're able to give love and to receive love freely and not just to other people. So often when we talk about love, we think of love of another person, another human being. We also think more of love in a way that is more intimate and romantic with a with a partner. But love is so much more than all of that. It's love of family, uh, love of chosen family, love of self, love of the planet, of nature, love of pets, love of even inanimate objects. Things that you think have no spirit or soul, but they do. And all of that is encompassing when we talk about love. And so I want If you have this feeling or this thought where love is kind of just this exchange between two people, I want you to start to kind of expand that a little bit. Now, that may be challenging, and I'll say definitely for me, that's something that's very challenging for me in expanding my feelings of love and intimacy when it comes to other people. But as we start to really break down those ideas of love, um, and and break out of the kind of heteronormative um just one singular person that is our love and and that that gives our love uh that, that we give our love to that we get love from in return i think that will really kind of see just how limited we've all been when we think about this this energy that is love now the way this chakra can be unbalanced or signs and symptoms that it can be unbalanced is that you may have really surface relationships. You don't really allow yourself to open up to feel love from another person. You also may not open up to allow yourself to love other people. So your relationships, not to say that you won't be in a relationship, but it's very surface. It doesn't get really deep you're not showing your fullness you're not being your full authentic self uh you may say that you've never been in love that you never really experienced love if this chakra is off or unbalanced and you know who am i to say that you have or have not experienced love that's for you to to have that opinion and that feeling but love is everywhere and the only thing that's blocking us from receiving that love and really feeling it is ourselves So if you feel as though you haven't experienced love, it's a good time to kind of start asking yourself why that is. Is there some reason, is there something that you've experienced in your life, whether you were really hurt before, you experienced love and in some way, shape or form, whether it's from a family member or a caregiver and that love, that that bond was broken. And so that kind of set the precedent for the rest of your life or the rest of your relationships to feel as though, you know what, love... I can't trust you because I got hurt. So feeling kind of closed off, that could be a sign of um, an imbalanced or unhealthy um, heart chakra. Also, sometimes if you go out of your way, you overextend, you do a lot of things for other people, but don't ever take time to pour back into yourself. Not just that you're blocked off from love, but also that you the way that I hear it sometimes in the opposite is that people say, well, I just have so much love to give. I just have so much and it just, I can't, it's just, it's overflowing. 
And at anything in life, you want moderation, you want a balance, you want a healthy balance. So just as you can be restricted and not feel as though love is coming into your life or you're not giving love, you can also on the opposite end of the spectrum, just give so much that you don't have anything left in your tank for yourself. You don't have anything left in your tank for uh, maybe some of the most important people in your life, uh, including self, right? So taking a look at all of the ways in which we may uh, restrict or overextend, overperform uh, as an act of love for other people. So taking all of those things into account as we think about this heart chakra, this energy center, and this this love thing that we uh, that we're as humans very perplexed about. I think that I have mentioned in other episodes when we talk about the other chakras that each element or each chakra has an element that it's associated with. And this chakra, the heart chakra, is associated with the element of air. And I really love that because one of the things that I will say that I'll share with y'all that I'm breaking down is that I felt that love was very restrictive. I was very confined in how I viewed love. That it had to be a certain way. It had to look a certain way. It had to feel a certain way. It had to be a certain way. And if it wasn't that, then it was not love. And if you think of it in the in terms of this element of air, that was very restricting. It was very binding. It was very suffocating. And because I had very restrictive views of love, I wasn't giving myself the the space to fully expand. I wasn't I wasn't fully taking love. I wasn't allowing it to fully come into my life, fully into my body too. So when we think of air and we think of expansion and the fluidity which with uh, air moves in, in around the planet, around our bodies, around things. Also how powerful wind can be, right? It's not always just kind of very soft and subtle. It can be very powerful, can move huge objects. And enough wind can shape and form and carve um, rocks. So wind in relation to this chakra one of the ways that you can think about using air as a as a practice for healing this particular energy center is thinking about breath work. Now, I love breath work. I have only I've known about breath work for many, many, many years, but I've only been doing breath work for myself, uh, really committed to it in the past three, four years, I'll say. And the minute that I started really concentrating on my breath, I realized, oh, I actually don't breathe. <laughs> now, we all breathe, right? We, we're we breathing. I'm breathing now. I have to, uh, because if I wasn't breathing, I wouldn't be talking to you. But we breathe so shallowly. We just kind of let enough air in and push enough air out just to kind of sustain us. But if we really do like deep belly breathing, oh my gosh. It, 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 it clears the mind. It clears out. I mean, it allows the blood to flow freely. I, let me, I'm kind of going off a little different tangents. I like to think of our body, our physical body and our energy body as kind of like a lint trap. You know, when you dry your clothes in the dryer, if you have access to a dryer, maybe you don't, but there's a lint trap. And so as you're drying your clothes, all the lint collects on this lint trap. If you don't clean off the lint trap, then the dryer is not going to work at its optimal and it may actually break down, it may cause a fire. And our bodies are the same way in that as we go throughout the, our day, as we interact with 
people, things, we have different energies that tack onto us, kind of like lint balls. And we have to do certain practices to kind of cleanse that energy. Because over time, that will kind of think of just lint balls over time that just get collected, collected, collected. That lint, which once was very light (laughs) and just kind of floating through the air, if it gets compacted enough, it gets heavy, it gets weighted down. And that's often how I think of our physical bodies and our energy bodies. A lot of us are walking around just surrounded, just weighed down by all of these um, lint balls of energy that are lower vibrational frequencies. So that's why meditation helps. It helps bring clarity. That's why moving your body helps. It gets gets you out of um, out of that rut. Gets you out of from out of being stuck. And the same thing with breath work. So if you don't have access to, uh, or if you don't have the capabilities to work out per se, uh, we can walk, run, jog, anything like that, any type of physical activity. But if you don't have the capabilities of doing that, breath work is another wonderful practice that will help remove and clean out those lower vibrational frequencies that are attached to your physical and energy body. I will put in the show notes um, a link for some breath work exercises, just one exercise that my therapist shared with me. And it's only five minutes. That's it. That's all you need to do. Five minutes. And the person is guiding you through it, talking you through it, and actually showing you um, how the breath will flow. So it's not just kind of random. You're not doing it on your own. It's, it's a guided breath work exercise. And I really recommend trying it just once to see how it feels. Every time I do it, there's like this tingling sensation that comes over my body. It's just like I feel more alive. I feel more awake. I feel more clear. And so I'm just that much of a clear channel for universal energy to come through. So I'm including that in the show notes so that you can uh, listen to it at your own time. Try it in your own time. See how it feels for you. But breath work is a really good practice to cleanse this uh, chakra to heal it. I want to go back to love and talking about love. And as I was saying, we, we think of love as something that we're giving and receiving from some other person and that we do it in this very kind of linear way, uh, one at a time. Or if you're thinking of maybe your family, you're thinking of, okay, I'm, I, I can give and, and receive love, but in this very kind of concentrated way with just my family. But how often do you think about love as it pertains to you? yourself, self-love. This is a concept that for me was very foreign. If you were to ask me five years ago, what are you doing? What practices do you do for self-love? I would kind of just him and haw and not really know how to answer because that wasn't something that I that was at the forefront of my mind. How do I practice loving, compassionate care for myself? Because I was so focused on finding that person. Once I find the person, then the love that I, (laughs) that I want is going to come back to me because the other person is going to give me that love. And then I'll be able to practice self-love. But what I found for myself is that, yes, you can be in relationships with people. Yes, you can even be married uh, and not know 
what true, deep, compassionate, uh, patient, unconditional love is. And when I stopped to really investigate for myself what what does love mean to me what it what does it look like what does it feel like I really I realized that I had very very restricted views of love in one of the episodes I think it was maybe um radical acceptance I'm not really sure I might have been episode two or three where I talked about love language or I think it was episode three where uh, it's called love and safety I talk about love languages and finding out what your love language is for you. A lot of us know what our love language is. And that's, um, there's a book called The Five Love Languages. You take this quiz, you figure out what your love language is. It could be uh, gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, all of that good stuff. And what people were using this quiz and trying to find out this information about their love languages is when they were in relationship with people to say, okay, my love language is words of affirmation. And so they would say to their partner, I figured out my love language is words of affirmation. I like it when you say positive things to me. And then their partner would say, okay, well, I found out that mine is physical touch. So uh, can you please just kind of caress me, touch me, hug me? Like when we're watching TV, just put your hand on my, my leg or something like that. And so it became a tool and a way for couples to be able to understand how they can communicate through their love languages. But as people really started to kind of dig a little deeper and started saying, you could use this information about your love language and apply it to yourself. So for myself, my love language is acts of service. I love when people do things for me, whether that's I've asked someone to do something for me or they do it as a surprise just to kind of be to to be helpful. And I wasn't quite sure, Okay, how am I going to turn that on myself? How am I going to use acts of service for myself? And one of the things that I experimented with or that I found was that sometimes my act of service is simply doing nothing is rest. I do a lot of things around the house where um, I'm kind of like a a chore person. Once I sit down and I'm relaxed, I tend to do the dishes or do the laundry or you just do something around the house to kind of make sure that the house is nice and tidy and clean. And there are days where I really genuinely don't feel like doing any chores. My act of service could be, you know what, I'm not going to do the dishes right now. I'm just going to sit and take a rest and relax because I've done a lot of stuff for this day. Even if I haven't done a lot of stuff, if I'm just tired and I don't feel like doing the dishes, I'm not going to do the dishes. And so even that kind of stripping away the actual quote, quote unquote act of service and that act being doing nothing has been revolutionary for me. So think of ways that you can find your love language. You can explore that. Um, I'll put in the show notes the website where you can go and take the test if you don't know what your love language is. And once you find out what it is, see how you can be able to spin that on yourself. Take take care of yourself the way that you would want to take care of your partner. See, that is the thing. That's That's the key is loving yourself the way that you would 
love and care for someone else. Now, if you're out here kind of being mean and shitty to people, I mean, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that to yourself. Um, and I know that we are oftentimes harder on ourselves than we are on other people. We're much more critical of ourselves than we are of other people. So just think of the ways that you extend care and love to your loved ones, to your friends, um, to a pet, to a plant. And see if you can turn that love back onto yourself. See if you can kind of give that same level of care and compassion as you would for something else you or someone else and, and give that to yourself. Try it. See if it works. I'm going to share uh, three crystals that I use that have helped me in cleansing this chakra, working with this chakra, balancing it, healing it, all of that good stuff. The first crystal is very popular. I see a lot of people wearing this uh, crystal is rose quartz. It's a beautiful pink color. Rose quartz is all about love. This crystal is all about love. So it's kind of perfect. It's, it's just a perfect marriage between this chakra energy center and this crystal. Rose quartz helps bring deep inner healing and self-love. And it's great for attracting love. Um, if you want to bring more love into your life. And that, once again, doesn't have to be love from another person. You can use this stone rose quartz for attracting love for yourself. Um, it draws out negative energy, replaces it with positive energy. And here's a trick. If you try holding rose quartz in your hand and saying positive affirmations, the rose quartz is kind of like an amplifier. So as you say these positive affirmations... And you can even heighten it, turn up the energy turn of the dial even more by saying the positive affirmations, holding a rose quartz and looking at yourself in the mirror, look into your own eyes, saying your positive affirmations. The rose quartz will amplify these uh, affirmations and just charge those words even more. The other crystal on my list is rhodonite. It's like a pink with some black, some specks of white, maybe gray, and it's a really beautiful uh, stone. And rhodonite grounds energy. It heals emotional shock and pain. It's really great in clearing up any emotional wounds that you have from your past. And it brings all of those emotions up to the surface so that you're able to transmute them. You can use rhodonite in conjunction with rose quartz. So maybe you don't know what is kind of at the core, at the root of some of your emotional pain, but you want to kind of get rid of it so that you can clear it out and move it out the way so you are open to more love and compassion. Hold your rhodonite, have it in your space, and then once it comes to the surface, you can use rose quartz to um, kind of reprogram and use more positive affirmations um, to, to help transmute the old stuff from the past that may be uh, weighing you down. The third crystal that I really like is Lapidolite. And Lapidolite is a purplish pink stone. It's kind of flaky. Uh, so it's very fragile, can break easily, so be very careful with it. Uh, this is a crystal that I would not cleanse or have around water because it will disintegrate uh, very quickly if you have it in any type of water. And the reason why I love Lapidolite for your heart chakra is because 
emotionally, it helps you stand on your own and gives you, um, it, it removes any influences of others. And the reason why I think that's very helpful when it comes to the heart chakra is because when we're dealing with the heart, we're dealing with some really powerful energy. And the heart is, the heart is really the guide for our life's purpose, for who we truly are. And if we follow the heart, the heart is the, 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 the energy that will get us more in alignment and attuned with our higher self and our, and our true purpose. And when we have outside influences, when we have, have outside narratives, it detracts us from our own true purpose. So if I believe something that someone else says about me, it takes me off of my course. It takes me off of the path of my true purpose. And so when you have Lapidolite in your possession, it helps you to really tune in and tap into your true voice, your um, your knowingness, your power, and removes all of the clutter from other people. And now it's time for the Q&A section. So a question that comes up quite a bit when we talk about love is how can I find my person? How can I find my twin flame? I want to find my soulmate. Where's my person? <laughs> I want I want to feel love from someone else, from, from this mystical, magical person that will help make everything all right in my life. Well... I think that it becomes a very dangerous area when we start to place on one person these huge expectations of being the person that will love us, heal us, see us, support us, be our cheerleader, be our lover, be our everything. And I'm saying that as someone who thought that for many, many years, right? I bought into the whole Disney fairy tale of like this person's going to come along and then all the things that I want, all the love that I've been seeking is just magically going to manifest and everything will be great and wonderful and I don't have to worry about anything for the rest of my life. And when that did not happen, I felt cheated. <laughs> I felt bamboozled, hoodwinked, <laughs> led astray. Just, I felt like, uh, what happened? Because all of the things say, what are the things? All of the, all the stories, all of the songs, everything says that if you find the person, everything else is going to fall into place. And here's the thing. These Disney fairy tales that we've been sold of find this magical person have you ever noticed that at the end of all of these um movies at the end of all these shows it's like and they lived happily ever after you see the marriage you see the union that comes together and then after that boom curtain drops nothing else there's no talk about how difficult it is to merge two lives together how challenging it is to be your own person and also giving space for your partner to be their own person too. That's a real, that's a, that's, 
it's a really challenging thing because we don't see the work that it goes that 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 entails being in a relationship. And so what I usually say to people, actually, I don't really give this advice when it comes to love, because anytime you give people advice about love, they don't want to listen to you. They think, okay, well, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm just going to do what I want to do anyway. But in this case, because I don't have anybody that is giving me any rebuttal, uh, I will say, really take the time to understand what love means for you. What does love really truly mean for you? What do you, like, what does love feel like? And if you have to use relationships that you've had in the past to know what you don't want, okay, that's a good place to start. You can start with the don't. But having this long-lasting um idyllic partnership that so many of us are craving is really taking us away from understanding ourselves, understanding how to love ourselves, truly love ourselves in any relationship that you're in. If you notice a pattern that comes up, the person that is in all of these relationships is you. And so it takes some time and some self-reflection to understand what am I, what is coming up for me? What are the things that are underlying? What's under these rocks? What are in the corners? What's in the shadows that I'm not looking at in my own life, in my own body, in my own spirit about love? It's not to say, because here's, I'm, I'm rambling a bit, but people will say, well, you know, there's people out there who don't love themselves and are in relationships. Yes, are they happy? Are they in one relationship for a number of years? Or do they kind of get in and out of relationships? See, we're basing a lot of things on our eyes. We're looking at someone and we're saying, oh, they have a perfect ideal relationship. But we have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. We have no idea what their day-to-day is like. And so if you are having this question of, I want to find my perfect person, I want to find this person, I want to be in a relationship, I get that. And I understand wanting to give that love to somebody, but I really want you to take the time to find out what love means for you and figure out ways that you can love yourself because you want someone in your life who's going to love you for you, the authentic you. You don't want someone in your life who's going to love your representative because that's not you. That's not really who you are. So if you don't know how to truly love yourself and be yourself, how are you going to expect someone to love you for your full self if you're not being your full self, if you're not loving your full self? Uh, We're going to wrap up this episode, but I really, I want to come back to this because this topic of love and and I think my wife and I talked about it too in a in an episode that we had together that we were working on together but this this concept of love this idea of love um this really needs to be teased a little bit more and so we're going to come back to this and revisit this topic and get more in depth um in some other episodes but I really want to just kind of 
start the process of understanding for ourselves how love lives within our bodies, uh, maybe the ways that we restrict love. Um, are we using media to help us color what love should be and what love should look like? All of these questions, um, these are questions that I have been asking myself for the past 10 years now, understanding what love means for me and breaking down the ideas that I held onto that were from someone else and really trying to live more in a true, truer sense of myself and what love means for me. So... This was a very great episode and I really, I really want to know your thoughts on this. So I, please, please, please um, email me with any thoughts that you may have about um, love. I, I don't know if you guys can hear it's thundering. It actually sounds really nice outside. It's like raining and there's some thunder. It's really soothing. So that, that's a call for me to, to rest. So once I'm done recording, I'm going to go rest. So please email me with your thoughts about love, self-love, love languages, whatever it is, whatever you want to talk about regarding love, let me know. My email's in the show notes, but it is Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L, at inherpower, all one word, dot space. Email me. Let's have a dialogue. Let's chit chat about this. Thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to the next episode where we will be talking about the next chakra, which is the throat chakra. So excited for that one. Thank you so much. Till next time. I'm In Here is produced and edited by me, Kendall. The intro music was also created by me. You can find my wellness business, In Her Power, on Instagram at in her underscore power or on Twitter at in her power. You can email me with any questions, concerns, ideas, thoughts that you may have. My email address is Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L, at inherpower.space. To help support me in continuing to bring you some great content, I invite you to become a patron. Please make sure you review, share, and subscribe to this podcast.